Just, oh my god, hearing you say the word punt so violently is like one of my favorite things that's ever happened. I didn't know how happy that would make me, but I really did. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast. My name is Andy. Along with me are my two wonderful co hosts, Kelsey and Ryan. And we're actually doing this uh, <laughs> again because we had some issues with the first time through. So bear with us. Uh, we're going to hit a whole bunch of fun topics and uh you guys didn't hear the other one so don't worry about us repeating ourselves <laughs> yet another one for the lost files yeah, exactly this one <laughs> we're getting the releasing. abbreviated version yeah we're gonna <laughs> we just 2.0 the it better. was like a dress rehearsal you know we just kind of like <laughs> slimmed it down and now we're going to be going through all right so uh we've got the avengers age of ultron released a brand new trailer earlier this week uh we have uh, someone who used to be attached to the Suicide Squad movie is now no longer with the group. We had a whole bunch of Oscar nominations happen. <laughs> Sony quashed some rumors about everyone's favorite web slinger. Image made a fantastic announcement uh, about the way they're going to be distributing comics in the future. And uh, also, DC, over the last week, announced they have a brand new take on a uh, classic favorite. So uh, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about, some great comics, some good events coming up. But uh, first and foremost, guys, how are you guys doing? So good. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. We've had a good a good week of comics, aside from the bit of a snafu with recording earlier. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, first thing off the docket, that Avengers trailer, it showed us some new footage of... Ultron itself. We got to see a couple of looks at um, a few of the characters there. Um, there was a glimpse of Scarlet Witch that was in the trailer as well. Um, I'm just, you know, nothing can get me more excited for Avengers, so I'm already super ecstatic. Has Andy Strickus been confirmed as Claw? Or is he still like uh, no, he's unknown. Yeah, he doesn't have like a credited part yet on the IMDb page, and he hasn't been like super vocal about it either. But I'm pretty sure he's um, Ulysses Claw, like 900. percent Yeah, I mean, like I can't even. Oh, sorry, I can't even really like <laughs> think about anyone else in the movie that he would be playing. Like, they're not pulling Andy Circus to play Shield Agent Number One, right? <laughs> like, or like, or like Hydra guy, like you know. I mean, I guess I would take him as Hydra Bob if that's what if that was the thing that was happening. But I'm just excited oh, that they're Hydra gonna Bob. <laughs> Hydra Bob. Um, I'm just excited that they're gonna have him in it because then that means we get to get the intro to like Wakanda and then basically Black Panther background to set up for the movie. So that excites me because anything with um, Black Panther just makes me super stoked. How lame is Claw, though? I mean, let's pretty talk about that for a second. I mean, yeah. he's a pretty... I mean, one, his name's Ulysses, which, like, unless you're, like, Ulysses S. Grant, I'm kind of like, get it, knock it off, get out of here. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I, I don't know, like, why is this film with a K? I really hate when they, like, decide to spell, like, but it's C-words so with K's. different. I, yeah. Ryan, I'm so on the same page with you. Like, it grosses me the fuck out. <laughs> like, I, I hope... The only reason that would be okay to me is like if he were a unlockable character in Mortal Kombat, and that's well, not the even. only time that I'm okay with it. Yeah, Aside from Mortal Kombat, the scene needs to be like he's supposed to look so menacing, but he just looks like a creep, man. And he has like a tiny claw hand like, that shoots sound waves. Like how dumb is that? Yeah, better. I mean, I'm I guess sure he was like a mini boss in Captain America and the Avengers. Yeah, he definitely was. Yeah. Um, I guess, like, the thing is, you could do some cool stuff with, like, his power set, like, 
that he can transform like sound into a whole bunch of things and whatever like I like mean, with what his claw that's not even a claw yeah his his like claw hand like uh you know sound converter whatever it is i don't know like you know you could with like cgi like i don't know could you see him maybe like i don't know turning sound into like a fist and like hitting a guy in the face with it no similar I to hope not. God, that? Like, like, this was like a fox movie i don't know just... like see it's yeah even thinking about it now i'm like man this is really it's really tough to come up with like badass things for ulysses also, fucking claw, if they dude. make him super badass in the movie i'm gonna be more upset because i know it's a different like um production house and everything but i've already talked about this i'm pretty sure but that'll just make me even more mad about the death of darwin in x-men first class because he is such the better power and his was such a little bitch power in the movie and if ulysses fucking claw has a better thing like cinematically it's not gonna be fair that's gonna be straight up injustice like well, i probably will because josh Whedon's <sighs> writing him so. i know but yeah, he so does like villains. also i can't respect a villain who like their real name is also their villain name I think that's just lazy on the villain's part. <laughs> Not the uh, what about like the what villain. about like Doom though? I mean, like you know. No, Doom owns it though. He's like Victor. It's not like Doom chose a villain name. It's not like he's like, now I'm a villain and this is my name. Like his name is just Doctor Doom. That's his name. Okay. Like you're right. not saying like, oh, this is like my, like this is this guy also known as this. It's like, oh, that's Doctor Doom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he went like, to medical school like for name. that. Yeah, man, he deserves. Hey, that. he also went to magic school for that doctor. All right, come on. <laughs> like, I bet, I bet if like if Victor Von Doom was not a doctor, he would just be Mister Doom. Mister like, Doom. He'd just be like, yeah, like he's he's not trying to trick anyone. Like he's he he doesn't need that. But uh, he's got no false but, pretenses. Yeah, and also, but like Claw, and his name does. It's not even like he's like, oh, that's my name, and it's like a. A wink to like, oh, and they have a claw for a hand. No, nah, yeah. dude, you just got like a weird sonic disrupting. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's like a little bit too much of a coincidence. You're like, come on, that's yeah, not right. Like, uh. <laughs> I mean, I guess he could be like Sound Man or something terrible as well. But... You know, considering Stan Lee wrote it, I'm surprised he's not Sound Man. I know he could literally be anything else. Or he's not like, or he's not named like. Kevin Claw or something, so that he can get that fucking alliteration <laughs> yep. in there. Marvel loves them some fucking alliteration. Oh, I will say that. The best. <laughs> Stan Lee did that because he wouldn't remember their names otherwise. <laughs> well, he wasn't an old man when he created them, so <laughs> he's just always having an old man brain. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, yeah, Ulysses S. Claw. That's definitely a. Big dumb thing S, that's huh? happening. Why did I put an S in there? I'm trying really hard to make it cool, like Ulysses S. Grant there. But, uh, <laughs> no, just Ulysses Claw. There's no the middle name is unknown. Um, uh, but yeah, so you know, we we got to see a little bit more from Avengers. I I think Kelsey hit it on the head. More tie-ins to Black Panther, which I'm sure have to be forthcoming. Like yeah. Marvel has been very aware of like doing the little tiny tie-ins to each of the upcoming series and everything so i'm sure we'll get a good deal of uh t'challa going on so i would put money on the post credit being a direct tie-in for sure for sure also just like i'm stoked for it anyways just because i know it's going to have a link to inhumans and hopefully with the shield show it'll tie in for that as well so that would fucking delight me to no end uh, speaking of things that delight people to no end, uh, Ryan was ecstatic to hear that uh, our good friend, Burn, Tom Hardy, has uh, announced he is no longer with 
the Suicide Squad project. He's going to be replaced by uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, rumored. rumored. Oh, rumored. Yeah, that's true. It's not confirmed. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, this is one way to get away around the uh, same actor, two characters rule for Ryan. <laughs> Did you see, though, like the rumor of why he dropped out of the project? No, I, I, I read I it's because with, like, he has to be promoting whatever movie he's doing or whatever. Yeah, I saw his schedule for whatever he's filming right now is taking too long or something. I, I saw something IGN reported it. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is, but they were saying that like the actors had to sign on without reading the script. And then after he read the script, he bounced. Huh. That could be bad. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> could be not great. And then I'm like, oh, well, like, you know, there's still all these other good actors attached to it. And then I remember that, like, Will Smith was in After Earth. And I'm like, well, his standards aren't really high anymore. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, Will Smith definitely isn't someone that I can trust to pick a script. Yeah, not so much anymore. Now he's just like, money, please. But, I mean, I've also heard, like, that Mad Max could... Yeah, that was the rumor that I read. Yeah, was that's that what I heard. The, the Mad Max movie, they're doing like a big press rollout for it and stuff, and he has to be available for that, and he would God, be I hope shooting. it's not the fucking script. Oh, that yeah. would bum me that's out. It's kind of like really terrifying now. Oh my God. I hadn't even thought of that, and now Ryan, you just like filled my heart with like fucking dread. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. There was, it was a rumor on IGN that he read it, and somewhere, like, they were even saying that he came out and said that he didn't like the Rick Flag character that they had created in the script, and. Um, a lot of his, like, even though he's the leader of the team, his role was significantly, like, cut down because, he, yeah, because they want to focus on, of course, the Joker. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. Okay, uh, let's see. So, uh, director of the film is David Ayer. He directed Fury, actually, recently, which was a gorgeous film. Uh, Sabotage, End of Watch. That was a good movie too. Sweet uh, Street Kings, <laughs> Sweet Kings. That's a way <laughs> different movie. <laughs> um, Harsh Times. Looked like he was a writer on U five seven one, which is a very good film. He's also supposedly writing the movie. Okay. And the yeah. other writers are comic book writers, like John Ostrander, like real Suicide Squad writers. Okay, so so that I mean that puts a little bit more faith back in there for me, like. I feel like we could probably trust this guy. He's got a couple bad apples in there, like, um, you know, the Fast and the Furious. He's listed as a uh, as a writer on that film. I guess I guess out of like I, we've discussed that I like that franchise, but that's the one credit I probably wouldn't want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh, also, you made Fast and the Furious. What do you do for it? I wrote it. Oh, <laughs> he also wrote SWAT in two thousand and three. Oh, I actually watched the <laughs> shit out of that when I was like eleven years old. <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. The only thing that SWAT has done for me my entire life is let me tell people who Jeremy Renner is before (laughs) he was Hawkeye. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, because before he was Hawkeye, I was like, oh, Jeremy Renner's going to be – oh, what's he? He's the bad guy in SWAT? Oh. (sighs) They're like, oh, I saw that movie. And then the town came out, and everyone's like, never mind. He's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Street Kings. This is that Keanu Reeves cop movie. This was kind of bad. Wait, Which was the a, town? There's a Keanu Reeves cop movie? Yeah. Um, the town is the one with Ben Affleck and Jeremy Renner. I'm thinking of the village, that M. Night Shyamalan you. piece of shit. Why? That's, why was, that's why my reaction was so visceral. That's why I was like, ugh. <laughs> 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 to be fair, they're both like names of cities. <laughs> like, I feel like God I wasn't. Knowledge. 
I out. love the I love the town because one, it's a good movie, and two, for some reason, even though Ben Affleck's from Boston, his accent sounds completely fake in that movie. Yeah, I don't. I feel like sometimes Affleck's like trying way too hard. Like if he would just kind of relax, I don't know. Maybe maybe the thing is is that he just has a really fucking serious Boston accent, and we just he kind of holds it back a bit. <laughs> it could be. I don't know. Uh, by the way, folks, if you are listening out there and you have not seen The Village by M. Night Shyamalan, just do yourself a favor just and don't. never watch that movie. Yeah, just, just do a hard pass. Never watch that movie. Um, <laughs> and you will have saved two hours of your life that you would never get back. Um, yeah, it's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah, here's a synopsis. It sucks the whole way through and the twist sucks too. So, and then it kicks you right in the sensitive parts and it's no bueno uh yeah anyways. that's what we're gonna censor out of our podcast out of everything we say you can't say can't that. talk about dicks <laughs> well what if it's a girl what if it's a lady and she doesn't oh, have a dick true. you know i mean you know okay your okay fucking teeth. that's fair that's fair i guess teeth would have been a good option you know that yeah. everyone needs their teeth yeah, that's better for well, me. Well, most people would argue that they also need their genitals, but we're going <laughs> to... That's probably true also. <laughs> At any rate, uh, we've got uh, some more things that happened earlier this week. Uh, most notably, the Oscar nominations finally came out all together. And uh, while we did see some positive things in that we got to see uh, Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men, um, Days of Future Past, and Big Hero 6, all comic book-related films that are nominated somewhere in there. We also had some pretty disappointing uh, Oscar nominations, uh, most notably um, Ava DuVernay um, and David o- Oyelowo. Getting snubbed like a motherfucker. Yeah, no nomination for director or for best actor. Um, for which, their work in Selma, which was just a beautiful film. Which is a fucking shame because um, she would have been the first black lady to be nominated for Best Director. And she fucking deserves it because Selma was amazing. So, whatever. Nominate Foxcatcher, I fucking guess. <laughs> like, Actually, that didn't get nominated either. Thank God. Did it? Not, no, it didn't. Didn't it get one for like Best Picture? Or was it? No, it, it got. It did not get a, pe- a Best Picture nom. I think the only thing it got, Ruffalo got a Supporting Actor nod. And really? then, yeah, I think. Hold up. That... Let me pull that page up. I'm pretty sure I'm right about it. Uh, for getting no, something Fox else. Foxcatcher oh. got, a, got a director nod for oh, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Direct- oh, yeah. That's what I was talking okay. about. Okay, okay. Over thinking... over where Ava DuVernay would be. Yeah, and they also got actor in a leading role for Steve Carell, which, oof. but then they also got Ruffalo, and I think that was maybe it, and then like a couple like the smaller ones. Yeah, then they get. Uh, oh, they got nominated for too. fucking makeup. Which yeah, oh my, if they win that over Guardians of the Galaxy, I will actively lose no my fucking, fucking mind. Way I will lose my goddamn mind, and I'm telling you right now, like as a forewarning, just stay the fuck out of it. You stay in Northern California. You will be safe there. <laughs> I just there's no way. I don't know. You know, and I almost feel like honestly, um, Fox Sketcher probably only got the nod because of the director behind it. Because he did Moneyball and Capote, which were yeah, which are both good films. Yeah, they're both really good films. Um, but I do, I mean, I'm not saying like I agree that he deserves it over her um, at all. Because well, I haven't watched Selma yet, but I did watch Foxcatcher, and while I, I, I mean, it was a good movie. Um, like even not seeing Selma, I don't really think it should have got a Best Picture nod. 
like my best, reasons a uh, best are, director yeah like my reasons are just totally fucking surface and shitty but like i just can't stand steve Carell and that prosthetic nose it fucking drives me nuts i can't look at it i had to watch the whole movie with that stupid yeah. prosthetic nose on it. <laughs> it fucking curses me out i can't it's, it's, it's really gross it's weird because like if you drop if you drop steve Carell out of that list and you put in david oyoelo I feel like all five of these guys put in a great performance in the movies they are. Like, mm-hmm. The Imitation Game, like, I'll kind of, like, take or leave that movie as a whole, but, like, Cumberbatch does a great job inside of it. Um, I've heard nothing but good things about Bradley Cooper and American Sniper. Yeah. He, ma- he makes that movie. And like, Eddie Redmayne just knocks it out of the park in Theory of Everything. Oh, my God, Theory of Everything forever. And Birdman's gorgeous. Like, that, that film is amazing. Keaton, Bless you, Michael Keaton. Keaton is great. And, and like, Steve Crow really is that odd man out. Like, oh, if there was if David Oluelu was there, I would feel almost, like, relieved because I'd be yeah. like, any of these five guys, I'd be kind of okay with it. It's be like, you know, go ahead. Um, but they had to fulfill their white people quota, which is 100%. So, you know. Uh, Steve Carell, too, and I'm not saying he did a bad job. And he's creepy as fuck. Like, I mean, after you watch that movie, um, like, his character sits with you the longest because he's just so goddamn creepy. But he's also just really awkward. And you're like, oh, man, he's a... He's Michael. If Michael was like a super yeah. fucking creep, well, I think I think some of the nod is because like I don't know. Steve Carell's always thought of as like fucking Michael from The Office, or like he was in that like goofy fucking Get Smart remake. You know, he's always just like a he's comic just been in, foil. Like, not great movies, and then like a pretty solid TV show. Yeah, I mean, like I I also you know I've I've read some stuff where they were saying that like. There was a delay in getting out the screeners for Selma, um, uh, well, like, I mean, that's... for the Golden Globes, but they all went out in time for the Oscars. Like, and Selma still got nods for Golden Globes. So, I don't know. It was just fucking so disappointing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. But, but I just, I'm so happy for Michael Keaton. Me too. I just, I love him so much, and he's basically just playing like himself yeah <laughs> and you know what norton honestly kind of plays himself too in that movie yep did he get a supporting ask- actor nod he did yeah. uh ethan okay. hawk for boyhood jk simmons for whiplash mark yes. ruffalo and folks catcher and uh robert duvall in the judge all got uh, supporters yes, judge. i love both ethan hawk and edward norton and mark ruffalo just as a general human being but i just want jk simmons to win everything because i'm in love with him he's the best i love him in everything he's in I feel that like... movie thank you for smoking from like a decade ago still sits with me because of all of his lines like he said oh my <laughs> so god i good. feel like jk simmons is the person that i want in it like i feel like he should just get like best supporting actor of all time like character guy <laughs> in the background like just give it to him like he's so fucking good like uh, he's even um fucking J. Jonah Jameson in the original yep. two yeah. fucking Spider-Mans, and he does so good. Like, uh, he, he kills it. He kills yeah, it in so Juno. Good. He kills it in fucking Whiplash. He's fantastic as well. Like, has I don't he ever know. actually won an Oscar? Uh, I don't think he's even been really so. nominated. Let's say it's not. He's like the fucking Susan Lucci of the Oscars. Like, he needs to win something. Like, he, I mean, him he's Leonardo been in- DiCaprio. He's definitely been in some Oscar caliber movies, Up in the Air, and Thank You for Smoking. And... Oh my god, both of those forever. Does not look actually like he's got like a SAG award. 
He's won. I mean, he's won a ton of film, of critic awards for right. yeah. for Whiplash, but it looks like not anything. He stands a solid chance. I mean, I'd say really Norton is probably his biggest competition. Yeah, because Norton fucking kills it in in Birdman. Yeah, and Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah. Um, was I gonna say? But we like I brought this up last time, but since we're re-recording, um, but I. Very, I don't know which way it's going to go because the Academy is kind of like stale as fuck. Like, I think it's something like 90. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but like something like 94% of them are white and then, or no. Yeah. And then like something like um, another like ridiculously high percentage of them are like men, like 70 something percent. And then the average age of the Academy is 63 years old. So they're all just crusty as fuck. So they're just going to vote for whatever old people movies they like. Cool. Maybe they'll vote for Simonson because they're like, that guy's closest <laughs> in age to us. <laughs> like, he's oh, keeping it real for us old folk. Robert fucking Duvall. <laughs> oh, God. I hope not. I, For me, when I saw that the judge got any – that movie was okay, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't I a super... fan of it either. It was like okay. It was like I would say a little bit above average. And to see it even on the list at all for me was pretty surprising for anything. Like, I feel like an asshole by saying this, but I'm actually kind of surprised that the Grand Budapest Hotel got anything because, like, I saw it and, like, I've been a Wes Anderson fan for as long as I can remember and I love his shit. But, like, it just wasn't like, oh, my God, this needs a fucking Academy Award. And I love Ralph Fiennes, too, like, more than most other people. But, like, oh, I guys, just... talk about another fucking actor who should be nominated over Steve Carell. For real, oh. right? But, like, Grand Budapest Hotel, I was just like, I don't care. Like, it's not, it's just like, hey, this is a Wes Anderson movie. It's another indie flick. It just looks exactly like it looks and it does exactly what it does. But, like, nothing about that screams, like, this deserves a fucking award. Like, I don't know. I wasn't, like, super into it. Has his, like, um, were his, how many of his past movies have been nominated? Like, fucking all of them? Wes Anderson? I don't think any, yeah, really. I, like, I, I feel like he's really been on the indie scene. That's like an indie house darling kind of thing. It but, looks like, like this is the first one to ever get nominated for Best Motion Picture. So, yeah, I mean, I again. he's won, like, direct, or I'm sorry, like, screenplay ones and stuff like that. Yeah. It could be another one of those things where, like, well, fuck, how many times are we going to snub Wes Anderson? Yeah. Like, even though, like, his previous movies would deserve it over this, it's like, oh, well, you know, we didn't give Moonrise Kingdom or Fantastic Mr. Fox or Tenenbaums or Steve Zissou he fucking, like, nods for Best Director. Or, yeah, uh, all of those So he's only been nominated for Best Writing for Screenplays, and then he was also nominated for Best Animated Feature for Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, but never never as a director, which right. I think is where, that's probably where it is, right? It's a bit of a Lifetime Achievement Award, kind of, where it's like, yeah. well, we kind which, of like owe said, him. I fucking love Wes Anderson, so I'm totally fine with it, but... Like, his work for that one particular movie did not overshadow Selma for me. So, I don't know. I'm just bitter that yeah. it's just whitewashed as fuck. If anyone besides Emmanuel Lubezki gets the fucking Academy Award for cinematography, <laughs> I am going to just, like, punt the fucking movie industry into the sun. Because that is not acceptable. Like... None of the other movies that are on this list are anywhere close to relevant. Oh my god, hearing you say the word punt so violently is like one of my favorite things that's ever happened. I didn't know how happy that would make me, but I really did. 
Um, yeah, for Birdman, because that entire thing looks like it was shot in one single take, which makes it even more fucking impressive for their cinematography and their editing. And they like, do and they do all this stuff with like, you know, it all looks like one take, but they do some weird stuff with like when scenes show up and yeah. you're like, how much time it went between those two shots? Like, was it just right now? Does there time in between? Like, oh, my God, it created such a fucking like it, it almost felt like I was like trapped inside like this box of the movie for a while like a lot of times i feel like the movie gives me like some space where it's like okay you know like like gravity she's out in space there's like all kinds of things that can be happening or whatever and you know there's like room for my mind to be but like the way that film was edited i just felt like there was nothing that i could possibly concentrate on aside from what he was like guiding my brain to be thinking and like maybe that's kind of terrifying but also it's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, man. Like, that suspension of disbelief fucking ran hard with that movie, and it was so good. Like, that shit went ham. Like, I love Birdman. I just wanted to win everything. God, it's so good. Um, That and Lego Movie, which didn't get nominated. So. Yeah, speaking of other things we're disappointed uh, in. Um, I, read, I guess I read something that it was so close to when the last Oscars ended, because it was so early in 2014. I honestly forgot that it happened last year. Yeah, like, that was a big reason, I guess, that it got, like, overpassed because, I don't know, they're just weird about, like, how close things are to the last Oscars, and I don't know. But but honestly, as far as, like, animated features go, like, we already said that we stand by Big Hero 6 for, like, ever. Um, How to Train Your Dragon 2, I didn't see that one, but the first one was fucking great. Um, But the fucking box trolls, are you goddamn kidding me? Also, Song of the Sea hasn't even been released yet, so I, know, I think that's and like as much shit. as I love Big Hero Six, I would put Lego Movie over it. Lego Movie I would was, too. I expected yeah. Big Hero Six to be awesome. I had no idea how Lego Movie was going to be, and it blew me away. Like I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray, like day one, because I was like, I need this in my life right now. I feel like most people who um, heard about Lego Movie at first were just like, oh, so this is just gonna be like a ninety-minute-long Lego commercial, right? And, like, it kind of was, but, like, it was severely fucking entertaining. And it was amazing. The story was fucking great, so. Yeah, the box rules. Like, I was looking. I, I pulled up the IMDb page on here. Like, Isn't that Evangeline Lilly's thing? Uh, No. I don't think Why Evangeline think Lilly is involved it's, in it's that It's made one. by the guys. Elle um, Fanning. It's, um, it's, the, it's the studio that did Paranorman. Yeah. it's Which uh, I love. Anthony Stacci is the, is the effects director. Um. But it's got it's got Brandon Stark in there, <laughs> Isaac Hempstead, right? He actually walks. It's very interesting. I'm pretty, um, well, I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, oh no, you're right. It's the hers is some other fucking weird ass name. It's the Squicker Wonkers. <laughs> no, I remember because I was at Comic Con last year in San Diego, and I remember she had her own panel for a children's book that she wrote, and like it was mentioned a lot in the same breath as Box Trolls, which is probably why it confused me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this film isn't getting very good reviews, but it's just I, not good. I, I often feel like the animated like list, they like struggle to put things in because like, they're old as fuck. And but I I don't understand like how do you not? I guess like the timing, like like Ryan said, but it's just dis- it's just disappointing. Terrible, disappointing is a great Andy. word to describe these fucking nominations. I know we're just bitter about it. So <laughs> yeah, we're salty. We're super salty. salty. Which recently like was said, what is this, like some linguist group or whatever, this language-like meeting, they voted and said that salty is the word most likely to stick of it changing or whatever for being used in that context. 
Um, I think that already got beat out by the word literally, because if you look in the dictionary, then literally now has the definition for figuratively as well for the slang term. So literally, literally does not mean anything anymore. <laughs> That's horrible. It's the fucking dumbest. Uh, speaking of things that don't mean anything anymore, <laughs> uh, Sony quashed uh, some rumors that were going on uh, kind of circling after the whole Sony hack thing a little bit back and they kind of came to a head. I want to say maybe like a week and a half ago. Um, the rumor was that Spider-Man um, could appear in Avengers Infinity War, specifically that it would be Sony Spider-Man, um, Andrew Garfield, or if they had picked a new Spider-Man for whatever movie they were doing. Spider-Gwen. But um, oh, if we could only be so lucky. For real, um, right? Like I would pay it all the dollars for that yeah i've got a piggy bank back here it's shaped like donatello i'll just give it to you you can just have all the stuff in there um but uh, sony came out oh, and they basically for the eight dollars and nickels andy <laughs> hey it's mostly quarters okay um laundry costs money sometimes all right uh at any rate uh, sony came in and they were like yo fuck you guys that's not what's happening we're not doing S- spider-man in any avengers flick and so it's not happening. I mean, I guess it's kind of a good thing because it would if if he just appears like it doesn't. Maybe that would just be the first step in having like a crossover movie. But Sony and Marvel seem very unlikely to make that happen. For real, I, like I, I mean, we talked about it last time, but I'm kind of okay with it because I like the direction that Sony's headed with um, Spider-Man. I don't necessarily like this the bullshit like. It's in your blood to be Spider-Man. Like you're the only one that can unlock that genetic code. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't like when like screenwriters have like the need to make it so that the character, like that character, is the only person in the world. Like that's why Peter Parker was relatable to nerds in the first place. You idiots, because he could be any fucking person who gets bit by a goddamn radioactive spider. Like you're I don't have to have idiot. special blood. My dad doesn't have to be a goddamn scientist who's trying to cure cancer. Like he doesn't have to work for Oscorp. I could just be a nerd walking through a building and get bit by a spider. Every time I get bit by a spider, when I'm like fucking four to twelve years old, I'm like maybe, huh? Eh? Uh, no, all right, dude. When I was a kid, I was like sticking my hand in the direction of spiders to be like, "Come on, son, are you radioactive?" Yeah. So, like, I hate when Yikes. shit like that happens. Like, I just watched the new Ninja Turtles movie uh, last night, which I actually did not totally hate at all. Um, the action yeah. scenes were really entertaining, and it was actually pretty funny. Um, no, no. Did you watch it? It's nowhere I'm... near as bad as like Transformers is. Um, well, nothing's as bad as Transformers is. Well, they For some Fox, reason, right? they decided to like shoehorn <laughs> like April O'Neil's origin story as also tying into the Ninja Turtles, and I'm like, Wasn't why? She... Why did you have to do that? Was she Megan Fox in that? Yeah, she was. Or well, was Megan Fox April? I... Yeah, yeah Megan Fox sentence. is April O'Neil. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, like, I, I totally agree with you, Ryan. I get really pissed off when writers like feel the need to add like specificity. Um, the most common example that this happens is, uh, in like a zombie movie where they have to go into like explaining how like the outbreak went forward and finding like the genetic code of these zombies or whatever. Like, yo man, it's a fucking zombie outbreak. Like people rise from the dead. Like, I don't need to know why. Like when you say the fucking Z word, like everyone understands what a fucking zombie is. Like you don't need to be like, Oh, this is a giant, you know? We've got to tell you about the the genetic manipulation, or whatever. Like, no, no, it's like 
it's a fucking zombie or whatever word you want to use within zombie. the movie. When you tell me, like, if someone came to me and was like, dude, zombies are real, it's happening, zombie outbreak, I'd be like, can you break it down genetically? Yeah. Just, <laughs> but but no which chromosome went wrong? Like, where in the DNA this pairing? This is very important to my survival strategy. Show me the mutation in the strand. Like I understand, yeah, so, like I don't know. Maybe I, maybe sometimes it's like you're writing for the movie and they're like, "Hey, we need some more scientific buzzwords in there." And they're like, "Ooh, let's explain something that doesn't need explaining." Like I don't know, but it's but so I mean, terrible. other than that, I've liked where they're going. I love Garfield as Spider Man. I really like that they said they're going to just focus on a Sinister Six movie before they do like a Venom or a new Spider Man movie. Um, I mean, I think it's about time we get a movie based on villains. Yeah. I, if Marvel's not going to give us Loki, I'll go ahead and take like you know Sony's Sinister Six. So I feel like the perfect the perfect way to do that is, I mean, I guess kind of it's what Marvel did as well. But like, if you reveal the symbiote, then you can very easily roll that into a Venom movie next. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know how I don't know how crazy they want to get with like bringing Venom up to speed and where he is and whatever. You know. Um, like I doubt they want to jump to him being to Flash being like Agent Venom for Shield and everything, but like you know that that stuff could end up going along if it if you get someone good to play fucking Venom, you know. Um, but I guess we can only dream. Ugh. I mean, anyone's gonna be better than fucking Topher Grace. Yeah. <laughs> for fucking real though, Topher Grace like, could have been Spider Man. World was like, yeah, who in the world was like, hey, let's get a guy that looks like a skinnier version of Tobey Maguire and make him Venom. Yeah, that's what I want—a guy who looks like Tobey Maguire but skinny. That's Venom. That's what I think of when I think of Venom. Yeah, it's just all bad. Ugh. Hey, I I would have rather had Vin Diesel play Venom. <laughs> Hey, but you then know. you'd have your, I don't know, it'd be Sony, huh? Just yeah. kidding. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Tom Hardy could be Venom. <laughs> Here he's I'm looking cool for work. <laughs> you know who was, oh, I forgot to mention, one of the names they were throwing out as a possible Rick Flag was Ryan Gosling. Ooh. And I would never, ever say no to more Ryan Gosling. Ma, I do believe you're giving me the vapors. <laughs> Our fantasy football trophy is literally called the gauze after Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and in my phone, when I write, oh, my God, it automatically co- autocorrects to, oh, my gauze. Because <laughs> it's like, did you mean Ryan God. Gosling? I did. Yeah. I did. Oh. <laughs> uh. Well, ladies everywhere probably are very excited about that uh, possibility. Probably and Ryan and, and Ryan and, and also some men, I'm sure yeah. as well. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, speaking of uh, ladies, uh, DC. God, that was yeah. a terrible. I was fucking, like, where are we going with? This? I don't know what I was doing. This is not a good plan. Um, but uh, speaking of changes uh, to things that we have known in the past. Uh, DC Comics over the last <laughs> week has finally come out and officially announced that they have a brand new Power Girl, um, and uh, it's it's been on the back of essentially like every single um, DC comic. I think it was last week uh, in those pages that it ended up showing up, um, and. Basically, they announced the new Power Girl. She is uh, a former Teen Titan. She joined the team in December, I want to say. 
her name is Tanya Spears. She's 16. She happens to be black. And uh, she does not have a boob window on her costume, which is Yay. pretty much the greatest thing ever. Yeah, she is great. I don't know. I'm super excited about new Power Girl. Yeah. And we yeah. all know how I'm all about that representation train. I love it. Yeah, because um, yeah, she doesn't exist in modern New 52. Uh, she's like Power Girl is still just part of World's Finest, which is considered Earth 2, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, and so now she's uh, she was like an intern for Karen Star. Woke up, found out she's got abilities. I, I mean, I don't know. I like I like her costume. She's got that like cool little, like jacket that she has going on as well, which is super cool. Yeah, I am all kinds of about that. The art is by Kenneth Rockefeller, and I don't know. It looks like it looks good. It looks like he's got a definite vision for her. She looks like she could definitely kick some ass. Are they just introducing her? She's not getting like her own series, right? They're just throwing her into Teen Titans. Um, yeah, basically they're saying that in Teen Titans Five, she's on the team, and then February issue seven is going to be like a big, groundbreaking things for her. Uh, and I think that she might, yeah, she is going to be making uh, continued appearances. So she'll be in Teen Titans Seven, and then in the annual in April. Um, Who's writing seven, Teen eight, and now? the annual seven? Uh, let's see. I don't even know who's yeah, writing. Will, oh, Will Pfeiffer. Okay, I don't immediately recognize that name off the top of my head. He did. If I'm, if my inner nerd is correct, um, I'm pretty sure he did a really good like Aquaman, and uh, not like reboot, but like relaunch, um, like early to mid two thousands. I want to say. Um. Nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> I could have swore that was him. Um, he did Blood of the Demon, Captain Adam. Oh, he did the. He did uh, part of that Dial H for Hero reboot in the 2000s. Oh, which was good. It was, it was really dark, but it was good. Okay. Yeah. So he's got so he's got some stuff on there. He's been writing Teen Titans for this whole run. Uh, looks like he did, did a bit of Blue Beetle, a bit of Aquaman. He's kind of jumped around inside DC Comics, done a little bit for Vertigo. So yeah, he's got, he's, he's got some stuff going on. X-Men Unlimited. No, I'm right. He wrote Aquaman. Shut up, Comic Vine. You're wrong. Yeah, Aquaman <laughs> in 2004. He did the whole, actually, like, the arc where, like, the Sub-Diego or San Diego crashed into the, like, Yeah, where it sinks into the ocean or whatever. Yeah, that was him. Okay. Yeah, so he I mean he's pretty decent like I mean he he probably was the best writer for Aquaman before Johns took over the title. So Okay. I got to got to give him props for that. Yeah, right. On. It's pretty hard to make Aquaman like okay. Um <laughs> you gotta, you I gotta really, work with what you got, right? <laughs> I really just hate the art in the new Titans series. It's so he who must not be named. <laughs> uh, and also i mean like i will forever hate the new red robin costume i think it's the fucking ugliest thing i've ever seen in my life like he's got the like the red wings and i don't know he just looks like i don't know he looks like he should be in like a covert ops group from the 90s I don't know, it's bad but but yeah. i'm excited for power girl yeah i mean i think you know well who knows maybe maybe if power girl is is like you know 
uh, does well, maybe they'll roll her into her own comic, and then maybe we can get a whole new artist to draw her who's not. I would, I would really. There's a lot of characters who haven't showed up in New Fifty Two yet. That I mean, depending on what happens with Convergence, I yeah, don't know where they're going to go with that. But like, there's a lot of like mainstream characters. Doctor Fate's one of my favorite characters. Still, only exists as a like Earth Two character. Um, the new gods pretty much overall, except Orion, I think who showed up in the wonder woman run. Um, and then even like plastic man hasn't showed up or elongated or elongated man. So right now DC has no stretchy superheroes. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that, uh, I was talking to someone, maybe it was you guys, <laughs> uh, earlier this week about like the same thing that DC seems like they're holding back some of those extra characters that haven't mm-hmm. shown up. And, you know, maybe, it, maybe you are right that after convergence is when we'll really start to see some of this stuff. I mean, speaking of convergence, perfect kind of like segue yesterday, DC finally announced all of their solicits for the month of April for all the convergence singles that they're doing. So there is an exhaustive list of, <laughs> Oh yes, a ton of comics. They're doing all of them have a uh, alternate cover as well, and it's like the same. It's like the same artist who's doing a bunch of them. Yeah, I his think. name is. Um... They're all pretty basic, but it looks kind of cool for some. It's of them. Chip Kid. That's who it is. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, there's there's some definitely some new stuff that's going on. You know, um... Aquaman has a hook hand again, people. Oh yeah, yeah that's a that's a thing that that's what the people have been happened. asking for. Ugh. <laughs> it's better than his water hand. I mean, it was a magic yeah. water hand, but it was still a hand made out of water. I just, every time like I ever thought of it, I was like, I just want Aquaman to slap me in the face. And I'll be like, ooh, that's refreshing. <laughs> Minty fresh. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, just someone wants to have Aquaman slap him in the face. We hired out. We can be contracted by every dentist in America. Would you be okay if it was Adrian Grenier as Aquaman slapping you in the face? As long as the water hand's involved? Uh, I would be pretty fucking into it. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Uh, Um, When does Convergence start? It's next month, I believe. I believe it's partway through March is when all of those things are going to be happening. Dear listeners, you know how I usually just rant about DC for like 10 minutes because we only talk about them for like 15 <laughs> minutes. When Convergence starts, that's like 50 fucking new titles I have to talk about. Just so now. when Convergence starts, we recommend that you start listening to a different podcast maybe. <laughs> or exclusively listen to this. Or maybe I'll just like, there will be a spinoff podcast and I'll just be like, Ryan's Convergence Talks. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Oh. Uh. There are a couple of these of these <laughs> things that I'm kind of excited for. Uh, I'm not excited. I'm just more like interested to see what they do. Yeah, he's just waiting to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean there's nice like look at it. I I'm just I'm a huge fan of pre fifty two so or pre new fifty two. So the fact that they're doing like a Justice League International with the classic like uh you know Beetle Team and Martian Manhunter like that excites me. Um, I'm very interested to see why the fuck Israel is back in DC Comics with that goddamn armor suit on. There's like definitely things I, I'm believe it or not, I actually really enjoy Superboy's stupid leather jacket, like John Lennon sunglasses look. So <laughs> I'm cool with that too. Uh, I don't know. It will be interesting. Like as much as it goes against like everything and how much I bitch about DC, just like always retconning and never letting anything like. Letting sleeping dogs lie, like, 
I would be a hundred percent okay if like after convergence happened, they're like, New fifty two never happened, we're going back to pre fifty two. Yeah, I I think that we might actually see something so crazy, but uh it seems like Plastic Man is getting a is oh, getting a book yeah. as well. Okay. Well I'm cool with that. So Plastic Man and the Freedom Fighters, written by Simon Oliver. The thing that I noticed was uh, Scott Lobdell is going to be writing uh, Blue Beetle, number one. Uh, and uh, it's going to be him, Captain Adam, and The Question fighting crime in Hub City, which sounds fantastic to me. Um, Greg Rekka's doing a Question series, could, too, which I'm 100% on. Yeah. I will say the... Um, the most recent uh, Cyclops comic early on when Greg Rucka was writing it was superb, and it's definitely kind of spiraled out of control now that he's left the comic. So hopefully it's good. Probably will be. Anyways, uh, yeah, so there's a ton of DC stuff that is up. Um, you can take a peek in the link inside the show notes if you guys want to get a look at those solicits. Speaking of uh, a different publisher that's not Marvel, uh, Image made an announcement earlier this week where they announced Image Direct. Um, So Image Direct is going to be a subscription-based service where if you want to follow an image comic, maybe one of the millions of image comics that we (laughs) laud with praise here, like Bitch Planet or or Sex Criminals or or God Hates Astronauts. Or I mean, I was looking through through this list and I was like, man, these are – a lot of these are comics that we love, uh, which is great. Because we are obsessed with Image is a general consensus. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a ton of awesome comics that are being published through uh, Image. And if maybe you maybe you don't have the time to, you know, stop by a comic book shop every time, you don't want to, like, make a uh, comic book shop. That would be a really cool thing, like right? A Is that like a beachside comic, comic book shop? Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's just, like, What's all your day comics. jobs, guys? We're opening up. So <laughs> yeah, if only, right? Uh, but uh, if you want, you can subscribe to one of the issues. So... It ranges anywhere, depending on the comic that you end up like picking, it ranges anywhere from like $32, $33 up to $42. And that's for 12 issues. Um, so once you, you know, put in your subscription, they have like a cutoff date for each issue, um, which is like pretty clearly listed in each of the pages. That um, if you, you know, subscribe before then, you'll get the next issue. But if you subscribe after it, you won't get your issue until the next one. But it will always be the next 12 issues of the comic. So for some of these, it the subscription may actually last you more than a year. Um, because they may release, you know, more comics or mm-hmm. maybe less. Um, but uh, the other thing is that they also offer a uh, all of it <laughs> subscription you can get 12 issues of every title currently offered for subscription all the way straight delivered to your door and it only costs you $1117.99 so basically Ryan and I figured out what we're going to do with our tax refunds yeah <laughs> everything except elephant man <laughs> yeah everything I don't really <laughs> care about that one <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is like altogether, it's around seventeen hundred bucks if you would to if you were to subscribe to all of these comics or whatever. And they will cut you a break. Like if maybe you don't want to subscribe to everything, but you know maybe you want to subscribe to Bitch Planet, God Hates Astronauts, and Saga or something, right? Well, if you subscribe to those three, they'll give you a discount on all of them. I think it's like maybe like fifteen twenty yeah. percent off. 
Yeah, so if you subscribe so. to like four of them, then you get 20% off the cover price. And if you subscribe to 10 of them, you get 30% off. And there's ones for like subscribing to at least one or at least two. Um, so it's pretty fucking rad because personally, like I would just pick up like Odyssey and Rat Queens and The Wicked and the Divine and East of West and pretty much all of them. So maybe I'll just save up for the 1100 one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was like going through here when we were getting prepared for the show last time, and I was like, I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna talk about image directness. And I was like, ooh, well maybe I could. And I went back and I was like, I was like, I have like eight fucking series <laughs> sitting in my like, cart right now. It would be right faster like, to say which series of this I don't want. Yep. Yeah, that'd be easier. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> true. Uh, but it's it's definitely like kind of groundbreaking, you know. Um, for this kind of like a mailer system to exist again. I know like way back in the day, this was the way that you got comics. Most of the time was you had the, that back page, you got like check off the, the eight yes. comics that you won and you mail it in with a check or money order addressed to Marvel, which is just like, God, sending money through the mail like that. Comicsology has just now. spoiled us. <laughs> truly. Yeah. Any kind of digital release. Um, but you know, this, the, if you, if you're like, you know, I think all of us to some degree on this cast, we like to have the, you know, the physical mm-hmm. comic in your hands. Um, you know, digital is nice, but at a certain point, like there's nothing better than having that, you know, comic sitting on your shelf that you can pull out, you can give to someone, have them give it back to you, hopefully in good condition. Otherwise you're not and, uh, borrowing you know, any more fucking comic books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's not okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's great for someone like maybe you live somewhere really remote and you don't have a comic book store nearby you like, you know, placing a different um, like order every time on like Amazon Prime or something can be kind of a hassle sometimes. Like, so. This is going to be great for me yeah. personally because I don't like I work full time and I go to school full time and then I record the podcast and do other things with my life. So I don't really have a whole lot of time to get out to my like local shop as often as I would like. So this is going to be awesome for me to get right away because I get my like weeklies over Comixology just so I can keep up and see what's going on like immediately. But I love having the physical copies, and so this is gonna be fucking rad. So I'm really excited about it. The also the thing is is that like sometimes with a pull list, like if there's something that just like misses my like brain, you know, I'm like oh, like I really want um, like this week when I actually went to go pick up comics, I w- I picked up Captain Marvel 11, but I hadn't picked up 10, the first part of the like you know story or whatever, and it wasn't available in like mm-hmm. the comic shop that I went to. Like I, they just didn't have it, and I was like, man, shit, like. I don't know if I just, you know, I just spaced on putting that on my pull list and so they didn't have it for me. But, you know, with Image Direct, you can just have the subscription to the the comics that you want and no matter what, you're going to be getting Bitch Planet when it comes out, which is yeah. And we haven't really talked about thing. this whole facet of it a whole lot, but, like, you guys clearly don't have, like, the perspective of, like, going to a comic shop, like, as a lady person. But um, this is, like, a much less intimidating form if you're just trying to get into them. And you're just you don't you don't like necessarily have like an iPad or something that you can read like um, digital copies on or something. But you want to get into comics. But I definitely feel you on how like some comic shops can be like, kind of like misogynisty and just like, oh well, what does your boyfriend want today? Like that kind of thing. So this is like a nice like middle ground yeah. just before you can like I don't know like get enough like backgrounds where you can kind of know what you want and not get pushed around by going into one of those shops. So hopefully your shop isn't like that and full of a bunch of dick bags, but if it is, then here you go. 
Yeah, some I think I'd like to think that most shops are kind of moving towards being in more like the accepted, five shops in my direct I'm, vicinity. There's only one that I actively go to because the all the other ones are a bunch of fucking like mouth breathing nerds who are just total dicks. And like I know a fucking grip about comics when they still try to do the oh yeah, well then prove it kind of thing. So just saying, this is a nice thing, but. Yeah, it is. Uh, the best thing that definitely. Image Direct has given us is the previews for the covers for the new Odyssey and the new Saga, which just made my heart race. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, the new Saga one is like it's, it's like Batman. It's Gwen right? and Sophie and Lion Cat inside the mouth of like a giant like fish lizard, and I don't understand it, but I fucking love it. And I just Sophie's growing into this little hipster, and I just want to love her for the rest of my life. <sighs> I'm so happy. God, just saga make it be February so a new one can come out. Make it so, Andy. Yeah. Take all of our money. God, Fiona Staples, I'll pay for your rent. I don't care. Just give it to me. Fiona Staples is doing the new Archie relaunch with Mark Wade. I'm, like, way too excited about that comic book, by the way. Like, there's some things when I tell people, like, I'm not, like... I don't, like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know every X-Men's real name. Cool. But sometimes I'm like, you know what movie I'm really excited about this year? <laughs> yeah, Avengers 2, but also Pitch Perfect. And they're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, man? To be fair, Pitch Perfect 2 is going to be a fucking bomb. I'll do anything with Anna Kendrick in it. Like, I will Let's just devote my it. life to. But, yeah, I mean, like, I just, this new Archie, like, every time I post about it on Twitter, I'm like, no one believes me. I can tell people are just like, what is this dude talking about Archie for? But, like, Read Afterlife with Archie. Dear God, please. It is so good. And this new Archie relaunch is going to be fucking amazing. If Fiona Staples doing the art, like, isn't enough to draw you into it, then you probably just shouldn't be reading comic books. So (laughs) whatever. I don't care. Like, I think we acknowledge that there's, like, a comics master race for us, like, for a writer. Fraction. (laughs) Among some others. And then for art, hands down Fiona Staples. I'm going to say it. I don't care. I place all my faith and all my love in her. Like, she has hands down, like, the most beautiful art I've ever seen in anything. And I would gladly read anything that she published. Even if it, like, if she moved her to DC and went to the evil side, then I would still fucking do it. I don't give a fuck. She's definitely in my top ten. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. She's definitely killing it on what she has so so far. So, that should be great. Um uh, speaking you don't of, need to try to do it. See, I don't have, I don't have a transaction. Segway. We want a segway. I don't even. Let's see. Uh, speaking of news announcements uh, coming to an end, uh, another comic book character is possibly coming around to coming to an end, uh, and that would be uh, Marvel's Deadpool, who uh, recently they uh, noted that in issue number. 250, which is the 45 for the current run, but it's 250 of all his, like, solo books or whatever. It is going to be uh, Deadpool dying. And they haven't been really specific about what is going to end up happening for him, but he did have his... He was, like, decapitated by a fucking apocalypse at the end of Axis. Maybe that? Yeah, I thought, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they. We'll see. Used it at, like death is in love with Deadpool, and that's why he can't die. And they've used that for a long time as like yeah. the reason for why he can't die. So I don't know like how they're gonna explain that away, but I guess we'll find out. I think right now it's it's is it Brian? Poussin yeah, with Gary Dugan. <laughs> Deadpool and Gary Dugan. 
Yeah, he's a pretty <laughs> wonderful human being. But it looks like even this 250 is going to have uh, Ben Blacker, Ben Acker, and Paul Shear and Scott <laughs> Ackerman um, oh, contributing shit. in some way. Cameron just came. <laughs> yeah. Scott Ackerman. Somewhere Cameron uh, just like, seriously, he's, he's just, just all. He's literally just like standing outside of like a Taco Bell, like placing an order, and he's just like, what? And just like, look down. <laughs> Must be must be Scott Ackerman. <laughs> Something related. has to do with comedy. Um, but bang, bang. yeah, so I, I guess I've read uh, one of the articles that I read was basically saying that they think this is kind of spinning off that they just did Death of Wolverine and actually like the Death of Wolverine stuff kind of sell sold pretty well. Um, so you know who knows if they're and if they have not said that Deadpool is dead for good or if he's going to be coming back. Um, all they've said is that in two fifty he dies. So. So no, look at and spoiler alerts. Uh, spoiler alert for everyone. Uh, Namer's dead. So yeah, that's it. It's that. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's that's the perfect transition to talking about comics for this week. Uh, in Avengers Forty, um, which is currently running through the uh, Time Runs Out storyline, uh, with like the Illuminati basically, you know, killing other Earths and shit. Um, T'Challa finally got his uh, wish and... Yeah, Fucking Namor. Merc's Namor. Yeah, Namor is dead. I don't really care. Like, for me, uh, Namor um, is kind of a bitch. I feel like I don't most know. people don't really care. Like, I feel like you're not alone on that. He's like... I've always felt like Namor and oh, I'm about to get real nerdy. Um, Namor and Vegeta are kind of like the same person. Yeah, I went there. Namor and Vegeta, they both have like widow's peaks, and they're both like kind of angry, powerful people that are like not really evil, but they're kind of assholes. Um, yeah, so whatever, man. I bet if you asked Akira Toriyama, he'd be like, "How'd he know?" <laughs> Namor is based off of this guy. Like, I know. Um, but I mean he's dead. I, I it's it's a Marvel comic book. I'm sure he's not dead forever. Yeah, I mean I will say like man, like Black Panther fucking mercy. Yeah, dirty, dude, dude. Just, and then <laughs> also like why does Black Bolt show up and he's just like super chill with it? I think some of that is like Black Bolt there was in one of the panels of new Avengers, cause recently in new Avengers, they have like a, a scene where they have to basically blow up the earths that are incur that the incursion events are going on. And so they have to like use this fucking doomsday device to like blow up a fucking earth with this. Like, I think it's like an antimatter bomb or some shit. So Namor, basically they come to one earth and they're like, who's going to press the trigger and Namor, like without even like asking anyone or doing anything is just like, all right, I'll fucking do it. And like, you know, press the trigger blows up the earth. And everyone was like really fucking shocked about it. There was like a series of like three or four panels there where they just like showed black bolt and like, I don't know, like it's hard to sometimes pick up on black bolts emotions, but I don't know, maybe he's just pissed off, but T'Challa stabs fucking Namor in the heart and then Black Bolt like Sonic screams him off this fucking platform that they're about to blow up this other. It was intense. And, it yeah. was good. It was a good way to go out. I mean, like if you're going to go out in the Marvel U, you might as well have Black Bolt do it because he's like the most OP dude ever. <laughs> like, you know, at least he didn't go out like a bitch. True. Truth. Yeah. I mean, so I, mean, I think we'll definitely get to see some some repercussions from this. 
because like when they do finally come back, it's very clear that no one else was in on this plan aside from fucking T'Challa and It's also Black Bolt. Um, so, the first comic to have the Secret Wars. Uh yeah. The Secret Wars tag mm-hmm. on the front of it, huh? Definitely ramps. So it's gonna there. have some sort of impact. And Namor's laying dead on yep. the cover, so I mean Thanos didn't have really much to do with it, but Hey, but you know, the cover artist gotta play tricks with you a little bit, right? <laughs> right. Um but yeah, so uh Namor definitely and somewhat unfortunately uh dead. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we found in Hickman's Avengers 40, um, the other comic this week that I think kind of blew all of us away, although admittedly Ryan was telling us that we needed to pay attention to this was, uh, Marvel just released uh, star Wars number one. And mm. basically they have a whole bunch of, uh, well, I think they have like over a hundred different variants of this comic, uh, this cover that were all kinds of different special things. They've got ones that were exclusive to, I think Loot Crate had an exclusive one, a bunch of different comics. Dude, I was looking stuff. through GameStop had an exclusive one. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, you like get it through their like weapon store. And I was like, okay. That is... uh, I just ordered uh, Majora's Mask 3DS Limited Edition in weapon store. What? What? Ooh, wow. I could sell that bitch on eBay if I wanted to, but I won't. I'll treasure it forever. Yeah, as you should. Um, <laughs> the skull kids, it, my baby. It's uh, it's uh, Jason Aaron and John Cassidy doing the uh, art, mm-hmm. um, and uh, oh my gosh, like it's all stories taking place after uh, A New Hope and kind of the in between before they end up getting to Hoth or anything like that. Uh, God, it was. Uh, it's it, a it badass comic. As a Star Wars fan, like everyone's just going to appreciate it. Um, since we, I mean, we've done this podcast before, but now we've <laughs> been able to see, cause, uh, when it came out, cause we originally did it on Wednesday. So it's like, oh man, this, this thing's probably got to make a ton of money. And it fucking did. Now yeah. we know that it sold like into the millions of units. I think they were saying, yeah. um, for the star Wars number one, uh, which is just insane. And then also, since no one got to hear last time, my favorite cover is the <laughs> one with Jackson on the front. Because I like anthropomorphic rabbits. <laughs> That's the... So I want everyone to know that it's important. Jackson is uh, like uh, Bucky O'Hare, right? Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. He's Bucky O'Hare. He's a smuggler. Yeah. He's, he's Bucky totally O'Hare. not Bucky O'Hare, but he's Bucky O'Hare. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty much Bucky O'Hare. And that is my favorite cover. And I like anthropomorphic. I like Roger Rabbit. I like Bugs Bunny. I like Buster Bunny. I like Bucky O'Hare. There's just like an endless amount of rabbits that are really. I like Captain Carrot. Yo, Captain Carrot's pretty legit though. Um, but yeah, the the issue itself was awesome. Um, we we talked about it last time. I feel like we're just repeating ourselves because, but no one heard it. Um, yeah, but um, just using Chewbacca in the capacity as like a badass sniper um, was probably my favorite part. Other than Vader sacrificing like stormtroopers to save his own life. Yeah, I mean, there's you know. It's like at first, like Chewbacca sitting up there in like a sniper's position. You're like, I don't know, would Chewbacca really like sit there and be like super quiet and just like hang out? But then it's like he's like, don't shoot Chewbacca, and he's like, no way, motherfucker! And he just like starts <laughs> blasting. Like I was like, yep, that's a Chewbacca I know and love. We're we're, we're okay here. It's perfect. Seems legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like they did a great job with like all of the characters there. Um, 
you know, everyone kind of gets everyone in that main cast really kind of gets a a moment in the sun, so so to say. Um, and it's a it's it's a very good comic. Uh, I I was just like knocked out of the park by how good it was. Um, mostly in terms of the writing, like I guess. I should have known, like, we've lauded Jason Aaron with praise for his uh, recent run of Thor. Uh, um, yes. And, you know, he just does a great job of capturing kind of that Star Wars feel. Like, it feels very pulpy, very kind of like adventurous science fiction. Um, and then also at the end of the comic, they announced that they're going to be doing two more, uh, two different comics that will be coming out in February and... March, uh, and those would happen to be the first in February is going to be written by. Let me see if I can pull up the writer right now. It's going to be Karen Gillan and Salvador La Roca is going to be doing the art, and it's going to be Star Wars Darth Vader. And uh, each of these have like Texas previews. Um, <laughs> the Vader one has him going to meet Jabba the Hutt, <laughs> uh, and then the other is uh, Mark Wade and Terry Dodson. And it is Princess Leia. And the art in both of these just look fantastic. I would definitely read a Princess Leia or a Darth Vader comic. And I will be reading these comics in the next couple of months when they come out. Uh, it's just awesome to see Marvel, you know, they, uh, or I guess maybe Disney to some degree, Disney and Marvel getting back that Star Wars license and immediately just going like all out with, uh, with you know, putting out wonderful Star Wars comics. So. Yeah, dude, I'm just amped that Karen Gillan's doing it because I have so much faith in him after The Wicked and the Divine. I feel like it's just me fucking rad. And well, and Mark Wade too, man. Like, yeah, for sure. Kingdom Come is probably one of my top ten like favorite, you know, contained graphic novels of all time. So I don't know. Like, I'm really pumped that he's doing anything. <laughs> I'll read anything he does. He's awesome. He's been doing like so much indie stuff like he's cuz he did like Irredeemable and Incorruptible um for Boom Studios like cuz he's the CCO for Boom. So he's been working a ton with them lately. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to have him back in a universe that I'm familiar with. So I'm excited for that too. And I think also like both of these comics, you know, uh Princess Leia and Darth Vader both, you know, Darth, I guess Darth Vader gets like the prequel movies to explore his characterization and he does get some characterization in the later movies, but like, it's going to be really nice to see kind of the Star Wars universe from these two characters perspective, really focusing on them where like, you know, Luke might be involved, but you know, it's not, he doesn't have to be, which is probably fantastic. I don't know. Like if this Princess Leia comic turns out to be like, fucking the Black Widow comic that's out right now written by Nick Spencer and it's <laughs> oh like God. badass lady spy shit. Like, I am just gonna be way too happy about life. Is Spencer Wait. doing that or Edmonton? It's Edmonton. It's Edmonton, that's right. Sorry, yeah, yeah sorry. I was like, I agreed with you and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my bad, my bad. Uh, too many good uh, Nick's writing comics, Real. I guess. Uh, so... Black Widow real quick, that's yeah. the part we forgot to mention again when it came to the Age of Ultron... Uh, Ultron, I can talk, I swear to God. Yeah. Um, trailer is one of the things I mentioned last time that I forgot to do earlier is that I'm mostly fucking amped about the Age of Ultron trailer because you get to see like different like scenes of Natasha and possibly um, hinting at like her backstory or at least some what couple of her backstories since she's had a fucking grip of them. Yeah. In her character history. And like you see like, um, 
little girls doing ballet, which could be a throwback to her um, because that's one of her false memories that was implanted. And then you can also see her with like truly horrendous like 80s bangs, which I'm hoping is a flashback of some sort um, and not like a real thing that's actually happening currently. I hope it's real. I hope she has a mullet. I hope she has a jet mullet. No, don't you dare wish that on her. She's too good for this world. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so she'll still be gorgeous even if she has the fucking mullet. God that's damn, damn Scarlett sure. Johansson, you perfect fucking creature. Um, yeah, but that's I think the thing I'm most excited about about that trailer is that like, what it showed us at least. That's it. I hope Sorry. she dresses like Leather Tuscadero from Happy Days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ugly, laughing so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop it. Ryan, you leave this call right now. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that, please. Um, uh, so, uh, speaking of other Marvel comics... And... Oh, there's probably a ton of people out there who are like, what the fuck is Happy Days and what's a leather Tuscadero? <laughs> what's a Happy Days? <laughs> Nick and Knight's son grew up on that. For real. Hey, now in Nick and Knight, they get to watch uh, in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Oh I bought the entire series on iTunes, and I love it so much. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> it's still relevant, too. Uh, but speaking of uh, new costumes and characters dressing up differently, uh, <laughs> Catherine Imanen and Giuseppe Cuminoli uh, released Spider-Verse number two earlier this week. Oh, and uh, there was... You know, the Spider-Verse has really been kind of, you know, hopping around, going to different universes. We talked about it in the past with the the story with Morloon and he's like the spider eaters and they're hunting everyone down. And so Spider-Men are rounding up all the Spider-Men. And so this time uh, we got punk rock Spider-Man, which yes. was fantastic. And we also got um, uh, Mexico's own Spider-Man and the, uh, the portion of the Mexican Spider-Man ended up being in fully Spanish all the way through the comic. And uh, they put like a, uh, you know, a message in there that if you can't read Spanish, uh, there was a digital issue that you could, you know, you could find online for free. I'm um, so happy. <laughs> and uh, man, like, God, that, it was fantastic. Like, I know Ryan, you particularly were just like knocked out of the park by the punk rock Spider-Man. Just the art on that was so stellar. Um, and, I tweeted about it when we did our last one, and I don't know did, if those got erased. I went to try to find it, but I couldn't find it. Um, I'll talk to you about that later. Okay. Um, <laughs> and now I forget the artist's name. I feel really bad. i got to pull the comic or oh. pull the comic up. Let me grab it. Um, let's see here. It is Sheldon Vela. Um, and we is. talked about him last time, um, and he's got this like really just like hyperkinetic, super um, like colorful – just energized style that reminds me a lot of Scott Pilgrim if it were drawn by um, Sean Gordon Murphy, which he's just one of my favorite artists, like current artists right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just uh, – we looked him up last time on the podcast, and he hasn't really done anything. Uh, and this just so desperately made me want him to have an ongoing. Um, it's it's some of the most like entertaining – um art i've seen in a comic in a really long time and it's so different than like traditional american comic book art Mm -hmm. um it's very like reminds me it's very like spanish um i fucking love it (laughs) yeah it's just it's gorgeous if 
I mean, the Luchador segment is awesome, too. Um, but if that's not enough to draw you into this comic, like the like the four, the six pages that Sheldon um, does is it sh- is amazing. It, and it should get him some title somewhere with Marvel. Yeah, it's it's like Earth, like 138. And also Punk Rock Spider-Man is a black guy, Herbert Holbart Brown. Uh, so fucking cool. God, it, it is like, you know, you talk about the art being you know, kind of like very unique and by like turning the page to, to see that first page of the anarchic Spider-Man is just, you, you immediately know when you're getting into that, you're like, Oh, this is something I want. Like I would read, I would read this comic from now until eternity. Like, and just, I mean, props to the writer too, um, for the, like changing Venom into like this corporate like sleaze ball basically, yeah. like yeah. seeing Venom in a suit and then just like his head on the top of it, but he's kind of got like he's kind of like fat. Like um, I don't know, I love that too. So uh, I mean, props to that whole creative team there. Yeah, and 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 you know, I know you mentioned it last time, but it's like even like Punk Rock Spider Man wiring up a giant fucking speaker and jamming out makes sense for a way to actually stop Venom like canonically or whatever can we just uh, like for the future like as a group the three of us just dress up as different spider-man and cosplay together like ryan you can be punk rock spider-man andy you can be whichever one you want and i want to be spider gwen (laughs) like can we just do that andy's gonna be spider-man uk i know he loves him oh (laughs) spider-man uk he's so good i mean he's got like the fucking you know he's got the uniform already all set up that's so good He's, his primary colors are already the color of the flag. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man UK's ripped, dude. That guy is buff. Yeah, that dude is buff. <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Oh, man. Like, there's so many good Spider-Men that we found throughout this, like, throughout this whole event. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm hopeful. You know, we've already said we've, we're going to get Spider-Gwen in the future. But, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and we'll we'll pick up a, a couple more of these uh, Spider-Men into, like, ongoing comics and stuff. That's um, so good. I just wanted to just see... just, like, an right anthology there. Spider-Verse comic. I yeah. That. Yeah, no, that, that actually probably is the best possible outcome, is that maybe we get Spider-Verse as, like, a monthly comic, where each each month we get a different universe of Spider-Man, you know? How easy would that be for Marvel oh, to pitch dude. to people? Like, hey, all these amazing writers and artists, you get to have something that has no effect on canon, and you can basically write whatever the fuck you want oh, about, man. about Spider-Man. Yeah, and you, could, fuck. and you could just, like, and even if there wasn't, like, a Spider-Man that you wanted to write, you could be like, oh, well, this is Earth-273, and in Earth-273, it's, you know, uh, like... All Spider-Men are rabbits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rabbit Spider-Man. Anthropomorphic and... rabbits. Yeah, even. exactly. You know, I mean, that's definitely a thing that's possible. Oh. Um, um, side sorry, note about the um, punk Spider-Man um, art on there real fast. I mm-hmm. feel like looking at those pages is what I imagine, like, if a Guy Ritchie movie was turned into a comic, that's what it would look like. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some, there's definitely some nods to, like the type used and the way they position it that like there's some definite oh, sure. like homages to you know some classic punk rock uh, exactly stuff like the misfits like, and the distillers and stuff exactly i think my favorite thing about it though was the phrase that with great power comes no future I was like, <laughs> yes <laughs> Very punk rock. Um, I love it so much. All right, let's see. Uh, other comics that came out this week. Uh, Ryan, I know you really enjoyed uh, – you've been enjoying the Deathlock series. And... Yeah, yeah. And it's because of you guys turning me on to Black Widow. 
because I was so hesitant to check it out because I've never really been a huge fan. Um, but I checked it out because I like Nathan Edmondson. I really liked his image stuff, of course, um, which was mm-hmm. uh, who is Jake Ellis and where is Jake Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, and those books alone like made me realize that he knew how to handle like a spy thriller. So I checked out Black Widow, and then when they announced that he was doing Deathlock um, – like I should, we can we just have a soundbite that's just like Ryan loves sea listers. Soundbite created. Yeah, so I was like, cool, Deathlock. Yeah, I haven't seen him in their comic in like forever. Um, so I checked it out, and it's really good. And like he threw Domino in there, which is awesome because she's always been like an interesting character. I love like luck shifting powers. Um, that's another. I love long shot too. If you gave me a Domino long shot comic, like I would put that on my pull list, like above everything else. Wasn't that the nineties? Like, Wasn't that like X Force in the nineties? Was Domino long shot? Uh, I think so. No, North I wish. Star and long... Ripcord. North Star, Ripcord. What are these names no? you're saying? I don't know. I'm terrible. Uh, Domino Just pieces of a parachute. <laughs> Domino Shatterstar. That's right. Richter. Richter. <laughs> you were like so close on. I'm every terrible. <laughs> I was playing the replace one letter of the names game, I guess. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Ripcord was like one of the young blood and like the image like comic. I don't know. Yeah. It's a really nice. song. Like that's all I got. Um, but it's 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 a good comic. It's got a lot of like intrigue. Um Tony Stark shows up in it, uh, Maria Hill's in it, like I said, Domino's in it. So they're throwing in like key players from the Marvel universe while still like managing to create this interesting story about Deathlock. Essentially what the story is, there is a um, a, almost like a rogue shield agent who has created a Deathlock, and it's a guy who doesn't know he's Deathlock. He <laughs> thinks that he's like going. Um, he goes on these missions like around the world to help people, and then when he gets there, like basically his handler sh- handler shows up and gives him a phrase that like initiates the Deathlock sequence. Yeah, and he like goes all Robo Deathlock, and then follows and then orders it, yeah right? and then he comes back home and he's like this like stay at home like single dad who is like really kind of a pansy uh, so um it's been an entertaining read like i i'm sure because all good titles at marvel get canceled i'm sure it will get canceled um but <laughs> while it's still going um you guys should do your part and try to make it not get canceled and make deathlock a relevant character again um and check it out yeah Oh, um, Shield number two yes. was something that I know we want to talk about. The it's my first, everything. yeah, the first issue is very much a tie-in. I mean, the second one is as well to the um, Agents of Shield TV show on ABC. Um, they bring over some characters from both areas. Uh, this one, per- particularly, really deals with um, with uh, Coulson and um, Simmons and Simmons. And uh, Ms. Marvel even shows up. Uh, Our sweet baby Kamala Khan. Yeah, and, and you know what? I mean, we were talking about earlier, Mark Wade is the writer on this comic. and like, Arts yeah. by Humberto Ramos, who and, I fucking love. Yeah, and, and this and this art, this writing is perfect. I feel like uh, it kind of captures uh, Simmons very well. Uh, Ms. Marvel is done as perfectly as you could write uh, fucking Kamala Khan. It's just so good. Like, I I couldn't be more excited about this comic. Yeah, like, there was only one thing to where I kind of stopped. I was like, um... And that was just, like, the character design for, like, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s, like, outfits. Because they're all in, like, skin-tight, like, 
pleather maybe i don't know like yeah, in that first in that first issue right yeah and even in the second one a little bit i think um but still like i'm just like i don't know about this however upside jemisima's booty is like the most glorious thing in that which is weird for me to say about a comic lady but i i'm, I'm gonna let it happen i'm feeling it <laughs> i have a feeling you're not the first to say something about her i'm certainly not booty. the first there's an entire internet that has probably said it but <laughs> i'm just jumping on that train but yeah, I lo- she's I- like at comic book. She is, in the- and I don't know if that's like creepy or just like really good for Humberto Ramos. Here's the thing: you went a little bit robot-y there, so I did not hear anything. Damn it. <laughs> no, you're doing so good. But I think it, I think what Ryan was saying was like the the likeness, right? Is like a little bit scary. How yeah, for sure. How good Humberto Ramos pulls it off. Mm-hmm. I feel that. And I, I also how hot she is. <laughs> yeah, for fucking sure. And also, I like that they kind of like you know they still like I said, Miss Marvel is written totally like to the right tone. Like she's even like super nerdy about like the particular like equipment that they're like looking for or whatever. She's like, no, actually, that's from uh, when this person was that. And it's oh man, it's it's, it's just a very great lighthearted comic that it knows what it is and it just fucking knocks it out of the park. Um, mm-hmm. So props to Mark Wade and uh, Humberto Ramos for Shield Number Two. Can uh, I actually segue on the Humberto Ramos thing? Yeah, do it. Um, so the I wanted to do like a recommendation thing this do week, it. which Tell we us. haven't done in like a while. But um, still, it just reminded me because Humberto Ramos did the art for it because it's like my favorite thing ever, and it was the like aside from the x-men like it was the first comic that got me into comics um and i just started rereading it the other day but it's called crimson it's by wildstorm as the publisher house or a publishing house but um it was written by brian augustin and um it was art was done by humberto ramos and he also did some of the writing as well and it's just it's this um how can i best explain this it's basically about this guy named Alex Elder who's attacked by, like, a group of vampires when he's out with his friends one night. But it's not, like, some shitty, stereotypical, like, vampire thing. Like, it gets real weird real quick. <laughs> That's naturally how I like it. Um, but he becomes, like, the chosen one. And he becomes, like, the first and last of his kind um, because he has to, like, bring the end to vampire kind. And it brings in, like, supernatural figures. Like, there's werewolves and stuff like that. And then there's, like, a lot of biblical themes. And there's this super badass red-headed archer chick who is the female operative of the Order of the Red Hood. Um, and they're trying to kill all the demonic creatures. And she's just the most, like, fucking fine comic lady I've ever seen in my life. Like, ridiculously out of proportion, but still pretty rad. Um, but yeah, there's only 24 issues. It ran from like 1998, I think, until like 2001. So I read it when I was like in middle school. I was like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. And like for the first few issues, like Scarlet is the the only like action providing character. And so like the main guy, Alex, is like being all kind of like moping, like, what am I? And doing his like coming of age thing because he's a 16 year old teenager. But like, She's just fucking kicking ass and not even bothering to take the names. Like, I fucking love it. Like, I feel like everybody should go back and read it. It's a super short run, so you can definitely, like, knock it out. Um, And they come in, like, four super rad, like, collected editions for trades um, that have beautiful, like, covers as well. So 
yeah, you should look into that. Pick it up. It's pretty rad. Yeah, it's it looks like, like a, it ran from like 1999. So I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put a link to the first of the of the trades in the show notes for everyone so that if you guys are looking to like hop on, you can pick up the trade, see how it works out for you guys. Um, it's pretty great. It's like a um, supernatural, like dark fantasy suspense horror kind of thing, which I'm not generally into as a like overwhelming whole, but like I really fucking got behind this, so... If you're into badass lady people and just people of color fucking going nuts and then like you want so you still want a brooding 16 year old white boy in the center of it. This is perfect for you. If you're going to go back and read Humberto Ramos stuff, you might as well read all of Young Justice as well. Yeah, that too. Just read all his stuff. Because it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely worth a peek. And uh, his Spider-Man stuff too has always been great. Yeah, because he did a bunch of that, didn't he? Did like Peter Parker, Spider Man, and Spectacular Spider Man, and he, yeah, he had a really long run. I actually met him at uh, Sacramento Comic Con, um, and it was awesome because I had the Young Justice like two parter uh, World Without Grown Ups, and uh, so, like for some reason, no one there knew who he was. So I just was at his table talking to him for a while about like Young Justice. Um, and Spider-Man, I think he was like one of those artists that was like really big in the late nineties, early two thousands, and then kind of dropped off. And now like he is probably going to be pretty high up in the limelight again. I feel like we should talk about artists more on the podcast, like in general, just because I had the same experience you did when, um, I went to Emerald city, I think like a few years back, Mm -hmm. um, up in Seattle, then Michael Cho was at a table, like literally like would nobody coming near him for like half an hour ish before i like got up the nerve to go talk to him and he's done like my favorite rogan gambit art from x-men of like all time ever and i was just like oh my god you're amazing and like i was talking to him about his stuff for a while and seriously nobody knew who he was so maybe we should shed more light on that because those people are fucking incredible and they are half the reason why we love the comics so much yeah yeah, yeah. uh I, I i assume you mean michael Choi, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I said good. show, didn't I? Yeah, it's all it's, good. It's late. We knew what you meant. It's all good. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I had a similar experience the last time that we went to ECC, ECCC, that is. Um, <laughs> and um, when I, I ran into David Lopez, who do, who's done yeah. a bunch of the art on the most recent, like, X-Men books and stuff. And, like, he had an empty table for a huge part of Saturday. And I just stood there and, like, asked him about what it was like to work on X-Men. And, I mean, he was really cool about it. Like, I don't know. A lot of times I think people can get kind of tied up but you know admittedly i think we actually do do pretty good about like giving the artist some love but uh, we'll make it Z- a point zadarsky yeah <laughs> that's a different kind of love we want to get zadarsky but <laughs> um <laughs> uh but at any rate uh, we definitely will be taking a peek at each of the individual like artists and stuff um I'm looking at our show notes here and we're kind of getting through everything that i wanted to talk about i do know that ryan you were kind of uh, happy with the Wolverine's storyline that was going on. They've got kind of like an ensemble cast yeah, um, that came uh, out this week. Fox is doing it. Um, like Ray Fox is doing it. And Allison Borges is doing the art, which I really like the art on it. Um, and like podcast 1.0 of this episode, we talked about how like Marvel <laughs> has some funky art in some of their issues, like in the Avengers 34.2. And then also in the um, Amazing X-Men, which we went into more detail last time, which had the Juggernaut storyline. Yeah, that's uh, right. But yeah, I, I like this. I, I kind of liked Wolverines too, just because – 
Um, it was cool to see like these characters that are so closely connected with Wolverine um, form up as a team. And you know, Sabretooth is good now, and Mystique's always kind of just been like in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe X twenty three. Yep, and then of course X twenty three and the you know like super broed out version of Wolverine, his son <laughs> Dakon, um, who I've never really been a huge fan of. It's uh, funny because uh, Dakon Dakin, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but yeah. whatever it is, it's because he's like he's like all broed out and shit. But like after Wolverine died, he's become like really really like sad and emo about everything. Like his issue of the Logan Legacy was like all like like I think like half of it had no text. Like it was just like <laughs> just like images. It was really unusual and this uh, one he's just crippled as fuck so yeah i mean the so like the the story follows if you guys um there was a series the like logan legacy um went through and it kind of highlighted each of the like five um kind of like you know other pro uh like weapon project things uh, and that'd be like Mystique, Sabretooth, <laughs> Lady Deathstrike, Dakin, and X-23. I don't know what I was doing there with that language. But uh, yeah, but they're, they're wonderful. They each kind of got an issue, each one of them. And um, it kind of wrapped up in that they're all, uh, basically all of the weapons from this Weapon X program all have like either expiration dates that they're going to be like, you know, they'll end in or they've got other things going on. Like uh Dakin doesn't have his healing factor at the moment. Um, and then they're working together with this group from a place paradise, which is the same place that uh, um, the guy, Dr. Cornelius was running a lab trying to perfect um, the individual different, like, you know, Wolverine parts of what makes him Wolverine. And uh, so they've got like a cool little, like five man cast there as well. And uh, I don't know. It, it kind of rolled into a comic that, like you, Ryan, I was kind of surprised with how uh, excited I was about it. And Yeah, I like that they threw, like, Sinister in there and the Wrecking Crew, and they're bringing, like, Phantom L, who's the female version of Phantom X, into it. Like, yeah. it's just so, like, some cool underused characters who are um, being, like, utilized, which doesn't always happen in the X-Men universe. And I felt like they um, really wrote them true too. Like the weapon crew, like the wrecking crew, like basically uh, Mystique like buys them out. And that's like totally something that like a C-list fucking group of like villains that like just make trouble for fucking Spider-Man and shit would do. You know, like, yep. I don't know. It made, it, it was nice to see them treat a bunch of like lesser known characters with some great like tone and stuff. So good for them. Uh, And then... The last thing that I have on here that I want to discuss was Batgirl 38. Oh, yes. Um, which I think, Ryan, we had mentioned that you were kind of like, we, you and I were both a little kind of disappointed with where this one ended up. It just felt like the tone was a little bit off with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just, it felt a little preachy and it a little bit like, uh, been there, done that. It's been seen. Uh, essentially, she's dating a cop who works, uh, or she's dating a cop, and he is like against Batgirl because it doesn't matter if she's like doing it for good or whatever. She's a vigilante, and that's against the law. Um, and so she's like dating this guy, and now there's this conflict of like, well, he says it's bad, even if it, I am just trying to help people out. And it's I've seen it a billion times. And of in, course, like, like of course, everything. Babs, like every superhero is like, you know what I can do? Go ahead of him and fix this thing that's gonna be going wrong, right? <laughs> and like, of course, she only gets herself into like, you know, a bit more trouble with uh, everything going on. It almost but, felt like just like a filler issue. Yeah, I mean, I I think that at the end they're kind of teasing that there's like some kind of like information leak going on with um, 
with her her like the algorithm for her like graduate project or whatever her thesis and like i think they're kind of hinting i think the next issue 39 will probably have like like kind of like the equivalent of what a big bad would be for the comic it seems like they've been kind of building it up up until this point it seems like it's kind of been almost like villain of the week um with each issue you know it's kind of been yeah. like just a snapshot of you know whatever's going on in her in in Babs's life so I mean, I think we've been really happy with um, Batgirl so far. You know, admittedly, I know we we missed the week of Batgirl 37 and kind of the whole spinoff of the trouble from the problematic transgender tropes that they kind yeah. of relied on, whether knowingly or unknowingly. And uh, they the the crew basically, you know, listened to what everyone said and released a uh, a very nice, uh, you know, a, a very honest and straightforward apology and we'll have a, a, a link to that in the in the show notes i'll put a, like a link to an article in there that kind of gets you guys filled in if you you know maybe missed that whole thing but you know coming off of 37 you know 38 was still i mean it was still like the the book still looked great like i i will never stop getting enough from uh babstar and her her art on the comic like i think it's just perfect for um, Batgirl, and I think it's pretty unique for the group of books that DC has out. It doesn't look like anything else that they're really publishing at the moment. I love the art, and I, I, I mean, I just, I love how wordy it is. I mean, it really, to me, it, it, it almost feels more like it's like a TV show. Yeah. Um, it, like that, just because of like how wordy the dialogue is, and um, like, like you were saying, how it's kind of been like a villain of the week, and now there's going to be like a big bad, and like this is like filler, like it really the comic kind of reads out like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's definitely like probably one of the only DC comics I really care about right now. Um, so of yeah. course I'll keep reading it. And I think next week's issue is going to be like a, a it's going to like kind of set the tone for where the rest of the arc is going. Yeah. I think it's definitely going to be guiding us to like, you know, um, the future of, of Batgirl. So mm-hmm. that should be good. Um, other than that, I don't know if you guys, if I missed anything, uh, sir. Amazingly, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. All right. So Tell I've got, us. yeah, I've got a, f- a fully stocked set of show notes here. So they'll be down, um, wherever you guys got this on the Podbean site, but I think that'll be it for us today. Uh, I'm going to work to try and get this up as soon as possible. But uh, other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We should be back next week for a whole bunch more wonderful comics to share with you guys. I think next week we're going to talk about The Flash because the CW show has some new characters appearing and uh, new characters, especially on TV or in a movie. That's something that we definitely want to talk about. Um, So until next week, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will uh, see you next week. To hear more of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast, or to share your thoughts and comic recommendations, follow us on Twitter at 2G1GTalkComics. That's the number 2G, the number 1G, Talk Comics. Or if you'd like to email the show directly, you can do so at TwoGuysAndAGirlTalkComics at gmail.com. All letters this time. As always, you can find more episodes of the show by visiting our Podbean at twoguysandagirltalkcomics.podbean.com. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>